Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building. And we got the CEO of Collecti Labs, disguised as the bearable bull, joining us. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Ripple CTO David Schwartz states millionaires will be made in the coming months. Quant has a new partnership unlocking banks around the world. And the largest banks on the planet are testing digital assets behind the scenes. We expose the game, preparing our listeners for institutional adoption in the year of 2023. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny, roll that beautiful intro, my friend. Good morning, crypto. Johnny K, we're going right back to you this morning. For all of our loyal listeners out there, we're trying a new format. And like Gonzo said, it's a good time to try it during the bear market. So if you enjoyed that new introduction, show us some love, smash that like button. We're about to dive into the most important news for today. But before we do that, Johnny Crypto, nice t-shirt, my friend. Ah, you like that? Yes, it just came in. I really love it. Although I'm realizing the gradient doesn't work so well. The gradient doesn't work <laughs> work so well on a green screen. I'm gonna have to have have a blue one made. But anyway, yes, we got the Merlin shirts in soon. We'll have them available if anybody wants them. But it's a good morning. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there, and everybody. Good morning to my brother Gonzo and to you, Abs, and to the Bearable Bull. So very great to have you on the show again. So can't wait to get get. You know, I'm excited. Can't wait to hop into it. Awesome, Gonzo, and thank you for being here, my friend. They call you the Ethereum expert, and I mention that every time you're on the show, but today we've got some huge news around Quant Networks tokenizing real-world assets. So Quant looking like a solid competitor. How are you feeling this morning, Gonzo, and thank you for being here. I'm feeling good, man. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I thought I saw Shelly in the chat. That's that's pretty cool because I think she's on break. Or oh, she is on break. Give a shout out. I want to give a shout out to Yeah. But yeah, I'm not I'm not usually on on Tuesdays, but uh, I need to step in. So it's it's uh, cool. I'm not sure what the articles are today, but I'm sure I'll, I'll be fine. But uh, yeah, you guys will definitely have to let us know what you think of kind of mixing up that intro. I, I thought that was pretty cool. And Gonzo, it's your lucky day because we got the bearable bull joining us today. Selman G, thank you for being here. You know the great news we got planned for today. Big banks are using digital assets behind the scenes, and we're going to show our listeners some groundbreaking information. But before we do that, how you feeling, my friend? And thank you for being here. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Thank you so much, Apps. Guys, I am the bearable bull. I was hiding it the whole time. No, I'm kidding. Guys, I have a cold and um, I don't want to show my face, literally. Uh, it's cold uh, out here in Germany, but soon I'll be in Dubai. So that sun will help me a lot. So want to say thank you um, for being here. The comment section is, again, on fire. Uh, get ready for a lovely, you know, for the most relevant topics here on this channel. Let's go. Guys, and we're going to start this show the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. Johnny Crypto, the Bitcoin fear and greed index is not even worth addressing. Sitting at a 22, despite the large downturn we've had in the market, we're getting some green candles today, Johnny. Anything you want to address on these daily movers? I love to show the crypto bubbles because it's a good illustration of what projects are really moving during this time. We got Litecoin at 14%. A link is at 11%. CRV is 22. And I saw Chile is having a red day despite the World Cup. So Johnny, anything stick out to you during this time? Uh, you know, for me, one of the ones I always like is Link. You know, Link and Quant are the two that I think are going to be the lead racehorses in the whole interoperability race. So, for me, I like those two. I was DCAing into Link. Uh, I didn't catch the bottom, but you know what? Five, six bucks. It's going to matter when it's sitting at 50. 
100% Johnny K. Sorry, the mute button got me there, my friends. We're going to dive into the total coin market cap here because we are sitting below $800 billion this morning. We are at $789 billion. Bitcoin is 38% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We got Bitcoin sitting at 16200 Ethereum is 1100 XRP is $0.37. Cents. Polygon is $0.85. Cents. Chainlink is $6. Algorand is 23 And we've got Quant Networks here at 108 Gonzo. One of the things that really has stuck out to me over these coming weeks is everyone was anticipating a pump with Algorand due to the World Cup partnerships. And we saw Chile, look, although it's a smaller token, get a very large pump from the news. I know the World Cup is going to be going on until December 18th. Are you anticipating anything from Algorand during that time? Uh, you know, it just depends on what Bitcoin decides to do, right? Like, so yesterday was the day to buy, right? Because we had the correction. You had all these shorts that came in. And you had uh, more shorts than longs. And what happened this morning? We wake up and uh, all those shorts get liquidated, right? I'm looking at the candle right now. And it's a complete like match of yesterday's candle. And everything that we lost yesterday, we kind of pretty much made up. So, you know, yesterday was the day. And that's why it's important to either, like, if you're not going to be sitting, at, you know, watching prices, then to have buy orders and have them set in prior to what those lows are. That way they just execute while you're going on about your day. But, um, you know, we'll see. I actually got some Algorand um, yesterday. I got some Link. No, not Link. I got Flow. Um, I had already gotten some Gala. But um, the biggest thing that I, I want to say is that there is a lot of noise right now in the space. You got everything that went on with FTX. You got this beef now with like BitBoy and Kevin O'Leary. And to me, I follow the stories because we're an opinion and we follow the news and we talk about it. But otherwise, I, I don't really like get lost in it, right? Because it's all just noise. You need to focus on your plan, focus on doing your research and what you're going to do, right? Because while they're arguing what's going on, like we're getting these prices that we don't know if we're going to get again, right? It, they keep saying it could be a generational bottom. I do think we're going to get some lower lows. Um, when you look at the total market cap of altcoins without Ethereum and Bitcoin, we're at a strong, we're at a real strong support. If we lose that support, the next support down is maybe like 20% down. If we lose that, it's 40. So you have altcoins that could correct anywhere between 20 or 40% if we lose that level. So that's what I'm watching. Could be very volatile times. And you brought up something very important, which is that Kevin O'Leary and BitBoy have been going at it, and you called it a massive distraction. I do agree. Here's a really interesting update from Kevin O'Leary. He tweeted this out and then later deleted it, commenting on Ben Armstrong's strong comments. Anybody who saw his video pretty much speaks for itself, so we're not going to go over the details here. But Kevin O'Leary responded saying, bring it on, bozo. I eat guys like you for lunch unless they're too many calories. I'm trying to keep my Adonis figure in shape. Johnny Crypto, really quickly, Obviously, this is not the most important news for today, but I'd love to get some of your thoughts. Kevin O'Leary, some dark, dark rumors came out over the weekend, and they were criticizing his character more than anything else. He also came out and supported SBF. So I'd like to hear some of your thoughts about Kevin O'Leary not only taking a low blow at BitBoy, but the fact he's being exposed as somebody who can't be trusted. Well, it's interesting. Did you say he actually deleted this tweet now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That always interests me when somebody deletes something. I mean, sometimes we just write stuff and we kind of regret it later and you know, at least we have the, the delete button. I wish Elon would bring us the edit button. But in terms of the um, the overall um, battle going on between the two of them, yes, you're right. I think there was something came out where BitBoy was saying that he was uh, that that Kevin O'Leary, I guess, apparently, you know, was being told he had to be nice to him, and apparently Kevin didn't like that too much. I don't really know what the story is going on there, Abs. I just thought, and if you listen to a lot of the other people, a lot of people heard Kevin's reactions to SBF and saying how, you know, he would still support him. And like, it was just mind boggling. People sitting there saying, wait a minute, what are you talking about? This guy just bankrupted a bunch of companies, took single-handedly took down the whole entire crypto industry. And, and you have nothing but kind of good things to say for him. So I, you know, to be honest with you, I think Kevin's just feeling the backlash of those comments abs. I think people wanted Kevin to come out and say, this guy did something wrong. It was illegal. It was criminal, whatever the hell and bash him and instead he kind of gave his support so you know what if you're going to support a guy that does that you're going to you're going to have to deal with the backlash that comes with it in my opinion and bitboy wasn't only going after um kevin he was going kevin o'leary he was going after gary gensler as well and yahoo finance put out a video yesterday about bitboy crypto stating gary gensler better get used to seeing his face so we're going to let this short clip play and go back to the group for some comments here we go gary gensler has completely screwed everyone in crypto everyone who lost any money in celsius 
Voyager, BlockFi, uh, FTX, you lost it because of Gary Gensler. He, his lack of creating clarity and regulation in this space is exactly what has led us to all these offshore companies that do not operate in the United States and are not regulated. His willful, uh, you know, lack of, you know, dereliction of duty is what's led everybody to this point. We want regulated exchanges, but we can't get regulation. We can't get clarity. You can't do everything by enforcement. And Gary Gensler is the most negligent person in the entire space. And I blame him more than I even blame SPF. It's really interesting, Johnny, because I think that approach, it needs to be said out louder. And I'm excited to see that Yahoo Finance is comfortable putting that out on their Twitter account. I'm going to go to you, Johnny, but I want to go to Gonzo really quickly. Gonzo, what do you think about BitBoy throwing himself in the fire, whether it's with SBF or Gary Gensler? He seems to be taking on the largest battles in the crypto sphere, and that may be because he has some of the strongest players backing him. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say. What do you think about BitBoy Crypto's narrative attacking the people who need to be attacked and exposing the games being played with retail investors' money? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, Abs, that I'm going to leave it to him uh, to do that, and I'm glad that he that that he's around to do that because it's just not my energy, bro. Like I'm not trying to mix it up with with anybody. I'm focused on our community, the Warrior Academy. What we're going to do if this thing really does come to 10, 12, I'm trying to look at charts, price action, all that stuff so I can make better decisions. I mean, it, it because that kind of shit can escalate really fast. Like over the weekend, the whole thing was, is he brought up with Kevin O'Leary was, I guess he was involved in a boating accident where his wife was driving the boat, right? And then saying that he got off. Well, I don't know anything about Canada law. I know about US law. There is um, manslaughter, but they have to kind of show criminal negligence um, and so he kind of brought that up, which I, I, I thought that was pretty crazy. I was watching it live as that happened. But then some other guy like came out of the woodwork and then doxed BitBoy, like released his home address, which is like way, way like out there. And then so he had to worry about his family. And that's kind of what set him off yesterday. And to be honest with you, somebody involves my family, I'd probably be that upset. So it just continues to escalate. And it just feels like a lot of negative energy that just gets drained. And to me, I just... Look, I love BitBoy. I, I, I'm glad that he's there to do that. I'm just on a different frequency, bro. 100% gone. So, and I want to get some thoughts from Selman here as well. You put out a great tweet yesterday breaking down how in the market today, we could be experiencing another leg down. And one of the things that's happening right now that Gonzo's pointing out is there's so much noise. There's so much turbulence in the market. It's really difficult to find what we should be paying attention to. And to me, this is one of the things that I'm watching. If we do get another leg down, your chart is showing that 13,200, sorry, 13,700 is the next key level of support. So Selman, feel free to address the BitBoy narrative, but I'm also here to hear your take on the market. What do you think BitBoy, Bitcoin is going to do over the coming weeks? Yeah, so um, first things first, I want to actually comment on uh, the Gary Gensler uh, uh, claims. First things first, like guys, I, I was watching the, the MIT course by Gary Gensler, and it's interesting. This guy is not just a random guy from the traditional uh, finance, right? He knows a lot about crypto back then in 2018. He knows a lot, and he was also invested in crypto. He literally says that. He knows a lot about Ethereum, anything. He knows about like the funding in this space. He is not just like a random guy from the stock market and just happens to learn about blockchain through his um, like people. No, he knew about crypto very well, and he's been here since like many years. And now seeing that he's like doing everything by enforcement, not really bringing uh, clarity, even though he is um, the the basically chair chairman since um 2020 right um end of 2020 it's interesting to see um that we still have these issues so it kind of it's it's suspicious it kind of looks like he's not working for the people he's working for other people and for himself and of course there is not clear um, enough clarity enough transparency and this is why it's all speculation for us now but it's you know, you don't even have to see who did what. You can see the effects, who is benefiting from this collapse. And it looks like if we see the number of wallets holding more than 10,000, it looks like the big guys benefit the most out of this. They are accumulating like crazy during these falls while um, the, the retailers are dumping their backs. And I want to show you um, the charts, actually, because I believe we are, um, because of the FTX collapse, things have changed drastically, like, uh, it kind of looks like we are going to see more lows. Um, so currently, guys, that weekly mother trend, we are trading right below, right below that trend. 
that is risky. So even though we, we've seen a bounce again today and we're trading above 16, yesterday we closed below 15,900, which is critical. But right now with that bounce, people might believe, okay, you know, the bottom is in. Now we'll see a pump, uh, see a pump. But that's like a relief bounce. Um, it's nice. It could last for a week, two weeks, and then eventually the hammer kicks in again. So we losing that mother trend is definitely very risky, especially when you go to the daily time frame. You can see uh, clearly uh, currently uh, trading below the dynamic trend here, like losing these and uh, confirming these breakouts are dangerous. So we could really expect more lows very soon. And another thing is, of course, the futures data. Now, you guys have seen with this FTX sell-off, open interest went up, meaning money flew in, people confirmed the breakout, people shorted the markets. And then during that sideways action and bounce, money went out. Literally, it was just sideways action, open interest just going sideways. Now that we've seen the breakout again, open interest went up again. And meanwhile, during the sell-off, volume went up, sideways action with low volume. This means it is a confirmed bearish move. And soon we might see another leg down with high volume again. And I, I, I would say like I'm just uh, speculating volume could go up uh, like up here. And with that, of course, more selling pressure kicks in. And then you'll see another bounce with lower volume and then another selling pressure could kick in. So my target for now is like I, I don't want to get in before we hit 13,800 or 14K. That would be the first area of support and then of course like 11,700 to 12k would be another one but currently guys losing that mother trend is dangerous so i just want to bring that up and kick it over to you again apps thank you Selman. i really appreciate that and i know gonzo had a comment but if you just look at this chart look at what Selman is showing us here we have completed a typical bear market regression and gonzo you don't have to be a market expert to look at this stuff not only are we touching that long-term trend line but we've completed we are back below where we were in 2017 we're sitting at $780 billion in market cap, and you can argue all you want about if this is the bottom or not, but we've completed an over 80% regression on the Bitcoin price chart, and that to me tells me it's a relatively safe time if you have no exposure to think about whether you should be entering this market. But Gonzo, we got 201 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to break down some articles relating to how crypto millionaires will be made in the coming months, but it may not be what you think. Gonzo, the floor is yours. Yeah, I was just going to add that, um, you know, with, even though with all the craziness, the FTX collapse, going back to June with Celsius, um, I think we're going to find that a lot of these things are interconnected. But Bitcoin hasn't done anything different. Like it's still doing what it does. We haven't even corrected like 85%, whereas where we've gone to in previous bear markets. And, you know, Selman showed his trend line. There's another trend line that connects the bottom of the 2017 bear market along with the bottom of the Seaward uh, crash. And if you extend it out, it puts us at about nine to 10 K and that uh, is a little bit more than 85. I think 85 puts us at like 13 or something. So Bitcoin really hasn't done anything. The four year cycle is still alive and well. And I understand that it feels different this time because we're in it and this seems like a bigger collapse, but um, I, I feel like every bear market, it's something right. And the other thing I was going to say about Gensler. So, you know, I think BitBoy was right about SBF, and I do think he's right about Gensler, right? There was a total failure to act by the SEC. When you see everything that's gone on in FTX, they met with FTX. Like, if you see their corporate structure, there was no board. That, I mean, you literally had 10 kids, and I will say kids because they're younger than me, that were entrusted with billions of dollars with no fail-safe mechanism, right? And, and he's meeting with them. He's asking them questions. The fact that he didn't see this or they didn't dig deeper, that's kind of on him, right? Because in the end, who got hurt? Like the venture capitals, they'll file bankruptcy or they have the money to cover. It's the retail investors that lost their assets that get hurt. Thank you, Gonzo and Johnny. I want to kick it to you for some comments here because you sent me this very interesting article over the weekend and it caught my attention. On February 1st of 2022, Fed Chair Jerome Powell had a meeting with these senior members of now bankrupt crypto firm FTX. And of course, Sam Bankman-Fried was in the building and they met for over an hour. I can only imagine what they discussed, but Johnny, I think it goes to expose the game that all of these players are working towards making this market a centralized entity. I'd love to get some of your thoughts before we kick it around the group. What do you think about Sam Bankman-Fried meeting with Fed Chair Jerome Powell in February? I mean, it just goes to show you how well connected this guy was. All right, I try to tell everybody all the time: it's not what you know, it's who you know. You don't. Not, not everybody gets a meeting with the Fed Chair. Okay, it's not that easy. But obviously, <clears throat> this guy was well connected. 
I mean, we don't know what was said during these meetings, but you don't even have to know. You already know, you know, that obviously there were some discussions, things are going on. We know how the story ends, right? We don't know how it started, but the reality is he had the connections. Um, and that's why I think nothing will ever happen to this guy. He'll, you know, he'll be just skating free in the Bahamas over there protected. But I do want to bring up something that's important. Um, and I, and I brought this up the other day, but to all you guys and for all of us, Gonzo and abs and Mar and the no defender guys, we will never ever send you direct messages on Twitter or TikTok or Facebook or anywhere asking you for money or anything. So if you are getting asked for money from any one of our ugly faces or mugs or photos or whatever you see out there, they're most likely fake accounts. We don't do that. You all know that all we do on this show is talk. Whatever we do, if we're going to promote anything, it'll be on this show right here live. That's the only thing you want to trust, if anything. So uh, I just wanted to get that out there just to let you guys know we are not. Please, we don't want to see anybody get scammed. And there's a lot of scammers in, in the whole entire space. So. Spot on, Johnny. Never answer our DMs because we would not message you first, especially asking for money. We've got a really interesting update here from FTX. As it was exposed, they spent over $121 million on real estate property over the last two years. And come to find out, it wasn't even their money. FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried's parents and the firm's senior executives bought at least 19 properties worth $121 million in the Bahamas over the past 24 months. The 15 properties worth about $100 million were made by FTX unit FTX Property Holdings in 2021 and 2022. The most expensive property was a $30 million penthouse purchased, and it was intended for residential use only. And guess what? Sam Bankman-Fried ended up staying in this beautiful $30 million property. Johnny Crypto, little did we know this wasn't even their money they were spending, but the fact that they had such a great life going on down there, it makes sense that they felt they were untouchable. What does this news mean to you that they spent $121 million on real estate in the Bahamas? Get out of jail free card, baby. Get out of jail free. That's my guess. If I had to put a guess on it, you know, you just bought his freedom there. No, you saw him the other day. He was sitting there, someone took a picture of him sitting in a, in a, in a, in a grocery store, some store. He was wearing an FTX shirt on his cell phone with not an ounce of worry in the world while he took down the whole goddamn crypto market. I mean, come on, do, do you have to say anything else? I'm not, you know what? I'm not even going to say anything else. That's all I got to say. <laughs> That's it. You, you know, the, the question will be abs. It'll be is if, this all stemmed from Celsius. And there's some talk that these guys were involved with the Celsius collapse, right? And so did Celsius happen and then they started having money issues and then the backdoor thing happened and the customer assets thing? Or was this the plan all along? I'm leaning towards it was the plan all along because you're not going to come up with code and backdoors um, like in midstream, right? Like those are all things that they had to think about when they were setting up the exchange. So it seems like the whole thing from beginning to end and, and, and history will tell us the answer, right? Was a Ponzi scheme, right? Like they had direct access to customers funds that Alameda research traded. They had basically a God mode, right? Where they could never get liquidated. And it makes total sense. When we show that video of Caroline, and she looked like a little kid and she's talking about stop losses and she's laughing. She's giving you an insight there, right? Of course, they don't use stop losses. Why would you use stop losses? You have God mode. You can't be liquidated. Alameda Research could not be liquidated, but they were so full of themselves. They were so like spending money and, and trading in different platforms that they were they were losing a shit ton of money and not keeping track of it. And then the bear market hits and then they get exposed. So, I mean, I don't know if he's going to go to jail. But if he does it, that I think that's what, what it'll, it'll be. It'll be the customer's assets. And when did they have access and things like that? Selman, I don't think it's a coincidence that during this bear market, there's more building taking place than ever. And we've got another example of that that I want to bring up for our listeners here as we have the largest banks on the planet are working with digital assets behind the scenes. And that was exposed over this past weekend with big banks starting to test digital tokens for wholesale transactions. And some of the banks that participated in this Citibank, HSBC, BNY Mellon, MasterCard, and Wells Fargo were all working on digital payments to accelerate the rate that they can settle transactions. A group of major banks in the Federal Reserve Bank of New York have started to test the use of digital tokens, representing dollars to improve how central bank money is settled between institutions. I just went through the largest banks on the planet, and MasterCard was also connected to this group. The 12-week proof-of-concept pilot program will explore the use of known and regulated liability network allowing banks to issue tokens that represent customer deposits that are settled on a central bank reserve on a shared distributed ledger. 
Right now, they're only using simulated data, but eventually this information is going to be used to roll out a central bank digital currency. Selman, I'd love to get some of your thoughts on this. We covered some interesting news yesterday with MasterCard working with Ripple on a central bank digital currency. So it's interesting, and I'm pulling up the news right here. These are This is the judging panel for building a central bank digital currency on the XRPL. And we can see many of the same names that were participating in the Fed's trial were also participating in CBDC development with Ripple. So I'm interested to hear, what does this mean to you, Selman? And what do you think about MasterCard's involvement with both projects? This is a big thing, especially after the FTX collapse, et cetera, seeing that all these big giant companies are you know, now offering custody services, right? And then now also entering the CBDC space. I don't want to say that they're all in this together, but um, it is definitely clear that they benefit the most. And it's also interesting, guys, we want to have decentralization. We want to give power back to the people, but our people are giving back power to the centralized entities. We want them to hold our crypto, and which <laughs> makes no sense. But uh, <laughs> I got the 100% yay. But um, it's interesting by seeing that these big guys are entering. We, we've seen the trademark trademark filings uh, uh, like months ago. And so you see slowly the foundation is there. They are building. Yes. And uh, sooner or later, you're going to see how that um, that will come out with great regulations. And I believe the FTX collapse wasn't just. Uh, just coincidence, et cetera. It's all by design and uh, big rate regulation will hit. And these big giant companies, institutions, they will benefit the most. And uh, they're laying the foundation for this. Johnny, I want to get some thoughts from you because we know that whenever they roll out these technologies, they test them for months, years, even decades behind the scene. And this is a clear example of the Federal Reserve using digital assets to speed up transactions. And we've got the largest banks on the planet here. We also just had JP Morgan filing to custody people's cryptocurrency. And it's a perfect point to what Selman just brought up. The fact that people came into this market looking to escape the big banks. And here we are, JP Morgan is about to custody your crypto. What does this mean to you, my friend? It means 100% validation that this show knows its shit. Because we've been talking about this for a while. We've been saying this was going to happen, right? How long have we been saying that banks are going to, um, you know, we're, we're going to start months. seeing CBCs coming months, months, right? Yep. Since we've been on, since day one. Nine months ago, we've been saying this, and now you're actually getting the true validation. Here it is where it's actually going to happen. Um, and the question is, what are going to be the, the main rails behind it? And, and then more importantly, what kind of appreciation will we see over time in, in, the, in the cryptos that are, that are running it, right? That's what we're waiting for. That's the one part we, we've never known. And everybody hopes it's XRP. I think the reality is we've been telling you it's probably going to be a coexistence of a number of different blockchain technologies. But we'll see how it works and we'll see the true impact as to whether or not, you know, cryptocurrency in valuation. The blockchain is here to stay. The question is the valuation of the cryptocurrency. That's still what's up in the air. We're going to we're going to get answers to that in the next year or two. You're spot on, Johnny, and we're about to get into our most important article for today. We got 208 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to break down how David Schwartz said crypto millionaires will be made in the coming months, but it may not be exactly what you think. So let's break down some of the details as David Schwartz thinks that big damage to crypto billionaires could come in the coming months, and that could turn them into crypto millionaires. So my computer is actually glitching right now, guys. I'm so sorry. Johnny Crypto, can you handle this for a second? Thank you. Yeah, in fact, you know what? This is a great time to talk about XR Royalty, right? So we know that there's a program we've been telling you guys about out there that's coming. So let me just share with you. Let me roll this beautiful videotape. And that's not videotape anymore. But let me roll this and we'll talk a little bit more about it. <laughs> That's coming soon, boys, to a theater near you. Or I just always wanted to say that. It's not really coming to a theater. But uh, but you're going to want to click on the link below. Check that up. Go sign up. Get on the wait list for XR Royalty. That is something really, really exciting uh, coming soon. And it's going to be able to help you. You know, Think of NFTs in the way you can – different levels and tiers that get you different uh, utility or benefits. So we're super excited about that. Hopefully you are too. Go sign up for that below. Coach JV talked about the project uh, with Selman on Selman's show. So you guys oh. definitely check that out. I think that was last Wednesday. Uh, there were some things that were released about the show uh, or about the project and its utility because it's all about the utility, right? Um, and so definitely go check that out. Um, I wanted to say something real quick, Abs, because there was a question that came up and, you know, we we're talking about XRP and, and somebody asked about like how much XRP they should hold. Um, 
to be able to retire, become a millionaire, whatever that is, right? Just just be careful with with that kind of thinking. It's that kind of thinking um, that, and I'm not talking about you in the chat. I'm just talking in general. So I'm not. I don't want you to think I'm picking on you. Uh, I just you 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 sparked a, a memory in my mind. Um, it's that kind of thinking that keeps people locked in, um, and it's usually like the XRP army where they think that it's going to go to this astronomic price, and then they just hold, 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 and they never pull profits, right? And that's just not a good strategy, right? Like whether it's XRP, Ethereum, Bitcoin, whatever that is, like you're seeing what the middle or the depths of a bear market is. We're going to be on the opposite side of this. And you have to remember what that is and that eventually tops out and then it rolls over. So always make sure to pull your profits, right? Don't get locked into this thing that I'm going to hold this thing forever. Now, if you're one of these investors where you're buying it now and you're locking it away and in 10 years, you're going to look at it, then maybe that's different, right? But like if you're here to make money or to try to change your life, you're going to have to pull profits, right? Um, at least that's the way that I'm looking at it in the short term, right? And what we're doing in the next bull run. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Johnny Crypto, this is an interesting comment. And somebody actually reached out to me yesterday saying that their YouTube notifications for our show were not being reached. So interesting. We'll keep you guys updated on that. I'm not sure why that would be happening, but I've gotten multiple reports of that. So it's something I felt was worth mentioning. With that yeah. being said, let's dive into this article here because this is a really exciting article, not for the reasons that many of us may believe. As Ripple's top executive, Rakan, says that there is about to be fewer crypto billionaires as soon as this bear market continues. David Schwartz said that millionaires are going to be made in the coming months, but not for good reason. As the blockchain giant CTO said that the irony is that these millionaires will be made from billionaires. He thinks this market is not only collapsing now, it's just getting started, Johnny K. And I think this is some great insight here. Gonzo has continued to reiterate as well as we have that we think there's another event coming where we could see a final leg down into that $13,800, $12,000 range. David Schwartz seems to agree. What does this mean to you that billionaires are going to be millionaires very soon? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like we're going down, you know, and we've been saying that anyway for a while that, you know, we've always thought we'd be go down November. This I always thought we'd bottom out in December, so we're not even there yet. <laughs> I've still got another month. So, you know, hopefully everybody's kind of DCAing and keeping their money on the side. And I still got some money waiting on the side for December because um, the reality is it definitely feels like there is another leg out that's going to wipe, you know, wipe it. In fact, I just sent you an article this morning, Abs. Um, about one of the largest Bitcoin miners in the world about ready to go bankrupt. You know, and if that happens, you may you may see that kind of news could really drop, you know, that next leg that someone was just talking about. You know, show me the chart. I'll show you the news. Well, it seems like it's all coming together very soon. So don't be surprised if that news hits or something else and we see a, a 10,000 or maybe even, a, you know, if Tether pops, we'll see a 7,000 Bitcoin, maybe even less. And that's what I wanted to hear from Gonzo right now. I know we broke this down yesterday on the show, showing the historic bubble that has been created with Tether. And we broke down some of the details that Almeida Research actually consisted of over 60% of the trading volume with Tether today. Those are massive numbers and those are really scary numbers, Gonzo. But when you look at this illustration of just how big the Tether bubble is, $9 billion FTX, $68 billion Tether. And we had the Federal Reserve saying that Tether may not even be complying with current regulation. That could be the black swan. If we do get a, a sub $9,000 Bitcoin, a $7,000 Bitcoin, one of the reasons I believe is that the Tether bubble will have collapsed. And that could be great because it's almost like ripping the Band-Aid off of the market. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah, if you look at it and just like to try to like compare a little bit, the Lehman Brothers thing in 2008, right? When it collapsed, the bottom didn't come into five or six months, right? Now, crypto moves a little bit faster. It's more volatile, but we could see an event where FTX is our Lehman Brothers. It collapses and we don't see the bottom for a few months, right? Um, so we'll have to we'll have to see what happens. The, the contagion of FTX is still spreading. Like a lot of people are talking about DCG and, and GBDT, um, you know, and their trust um, and what's going to happen with that because their um, trading arm Genesis is already kind of started to say if they don't get an influx of money, if they don't get that billion dollar loan, whatever it is, I think it's one point something billion dollars that they're going to have to file for bankruptcy. Um, that touches a lot of places. And so I think it's all just a continuous event of what happened in the summer. FTX should have fell then. It didn't because there was fraud involved. And so they fell now. So we kind of have to wait to see where the dust settles, but definitely see um, a lower low coming. 
Selman, I'd love to get some thoughts from you because we highlighted this article yesterday. The Fed's Michael Barr says stable coins are an urgent risk requiring urgent regulation. And one of the things that's interesting about this man right here is he used to work on the board of advisors for Ripple before he went to work at the Federal Reserve. Selman, one of the things that he said is that entities offering stable coins are an urgent risk that must be addressed because they're backed by the dollar. And really, they're borrowing the trust of the Federal Reserve. I actually think that's a pretty good point there. I'd love to hear from you. What does that mean to you, Selman? I know you don't live in the United States, but this this affects the entire planet. Absolutely. And um, it would definitely um, affect the whole crypto market for sure. Like people are... um have been asking me like what would happen if uh, we've seen a, col- a total collapse for tether um then you know you can really expect bitcoin maybe maybe aggressively pulling down to 3k who knows but um most important thing is this tether fud has been around for years and uh if they are and they're very much you know communicating they're on twitter spaces here and there doing a lot and recently they have been to colombia i guess um and also building so tether is very active and you know you guys know that they are forced to do audits and and share reports on a monthly basis um but i didn't do like my due diligence like 100% on this but like at least that's what we hear from the news um that they have that they're forced to uh, do these um audits and and report to the regulators in the US so my my point is they, the thought is has been around for a long time, and if these people are smart, they would have prevented that. Or they have certain mechanisms. They know they, there there has been a lot of stress testing. They are working, and um, but the FTX thing was the black swan event. Nobody knew, and then all of a sudden, the huge collapse happened. So I don't, I doubt that Tether will collapse. I don't. Everybody's calling out for it, and if I was. If I'm a business owner and everybody's fudding for years, of course, I would already have my protection. I would have everything ready in in case, you know, they want to attack me. My my business, my immune system would be strong, right? And th- this is missing in this case. And so, um, uh, I mean, for Tether, I do believe they have a strong immune system. They, they have good protection there. But of course, if the worst case, in the worst case scenario, if that really happens, Tether crashes, you can obviously expect a massive drop and not only that other uh, other stable coins will have the same issue everyone wants to convert their stable coins to fiat want to exit everybody's scared and then you can easily see all stable coins drop to 90 cents 80 cents for a short period of time if they're backed by the dollar if they if they have a lot of liquidity not nothing to worry about but you know all of them are not backing their dollar one to one. They actually have, you know, other cash uh, equ- equivalents as well. They they have they hold uh, bonds, etc. Right, and uh, some of them have like longer maturity, etc. So it it can vary. Um, but I I don't believe Tether is going to crash. Um, but if it happens, it would be a big shock for me. And with that, of course, you can expect uh, expect um, you know your funds going away. Um, but if you're if you're holding crypto, not nothing to worry about. You just have to wait a little little longer for the next all time high. And, you know, we've been saying that for a while. Like when you look at when something crashes, you don't get a nine month warning. You don't get a two year warning. They've been talking about Tether for two years crashing or not. At least as I remember, since we started this show. Since his existence, Johnny, they, they've been fighting, uh, fighting Tether yeah, since so it was created. Just, yeah. So I don't see Tether being the one. We've been saying that on this show. I mean, you're getting too long of a warning notice. Whatever is going to happen. It's going to happen fast and quick. You're going to get whiplash. They're going to pull that son of a bitch. Everyone get on the road and pull that son of a bitch right off from underneath. You're not even know what happened, right? That's what's going to And So I would be surprised if it's Tether. I think it'll be something else, but I, I don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see, unfortunately. Thank you, guys. And we got 243 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to update you on Quant, potentially changing the world of banking forever. And it all starts in London, as they say, as Quant has partnered with UST Global, a technological consulting firm with over 30,000 employees in 80 offices in 30 countries. This partnership is going to enable the real-world tokenization of assets using Quant's network. And because Quant is an aggregate, this is going to allow institutions to collect to multiple sidechains at the same time. This is a really historic development, and we got some key details here from CEO Gilbert Verdian, who said this partnership will ensure that financial institutions can create new business opportunities and innovate with new DLT-embedded products. 
and services to tokenize existing asset classes. When David Schwartz talks about the tokenization of everything, it's the tokenization of existing assets that's really going to push this market into the next level. And Gonzo, if we do ever reach a $10, $15 trillion market cap, there's going to be a ton of tokenized assets running on Quant, running on Ethereum, running on the XRPL. And it's really great to see us moving in that direction. What do you think about Quant continuing to build with banks around the world when it comes to being an aggregate and connecting to multiple blockchains as well as tokenizing real assets. When it comes to quant abs, to be honest with you, I'm already sold on the tech and the company and the founder. And so I don't spend so much time researching the tech or what they're building. Cause I know they're going to continue to build. I just stare at the chart cause I'm waiting for that, for that entry by. Right. And so that's really why I've spent my time is staring at the chart. And remember, uh, uh, was it last month when we were moving up and people thought we were going to go close to all time high and all that, I said it was going to roll over and it rolled over. Right. So what I'm looking at is, you know, I think a hundred dollars is going to be that strong support, but if we break that hundred dollars then we're going to come down and we're going to come down to probably 80, $70. I think $70 is where I'll probably start just DCA in. And um, I love that comment I think that's from mental bottom. I love this comment from Mental Act here as well. It said, Quant is going to wick down to $80. And you said something so similar before the show. You're waiting for that final wick down. And can you break down this theory that we had a conversation about a couple weeks ago, this double spring theory that you were bringing up to me, where Quant came from $40, pumped to $220. Now we're going back to a similar range before we actually start our next full bull run. Maybe you can break that down for our listeners. Yeah, so in the Wyckoff, what we did was that was called an automatic rally. That's how I was able to call that out. So the next phase is a spring. So a spring will usually come back down to the low, right? Or sometimes a little bit higher. Usually it kind of goes down lower. It breaks lower, it wicks down lower than the other low. And that's called a spring. And then that'll move us into where we go into the next phase. So that's why I keep looking at that low. But just in case I don't want to miss out. And so I'll start to DCA at 70, but I wouldn't be shocked if we went back down to $40, especially if BTC decides to really come down to like uh, 11 grand, 10 grand, you're definitely could, you could see, I could see us double bottoming and coming back down to 40. Someone, I love this positive. Yes. News for- that would be fantastic. The question love- is, what are you going to do about it? Right. It's always like, we talk about these prices. I'm putting that some bitch in reverse. That's what I'm it's like. What are you going to do about it? Right. Because you think about it for quant to be at $40, imagine how much fear and how much sell-off has to be in the market. And so that's what you have to tell yourself. You have to remind yourself about where quant was, right? Because when, when, if quant's $40, I promise you there's been another collapse or there's been some kind of black swan, right? Cause it's not, it's not just going to go to $40, but if quant's down at $40, imagine where the market is for us to be double bottoming. And so the question is, what are you going to do about it? Right? Are you going to activate? Are you going to actually still believe and then buy? You almost have to have those in now too, because it may wick. It may not last very long down there. So put your orders in at 40, 45, who knows? Maybe get lucky and you pick some up, you know? What's exciting, Johnny, is that when we're talking about central bank digital currencies and tokenization of real assets coming to quant, two things stick out to me. One, there's only 14.6 million tokens in circulation. And two, it's less than $2 billion in total market cap. Imagine if we got $20 trillion in tokenized assets coming onto the blockchain that takes nothing into account when it comes to use cases. And you're already talking about a 10X. Selman, I'd love to get some of your thoughts on quant. I know you do the price charts and chart analysis stuff. We talk about the technology every day. What sticks out to you most about this project? So currently quant is basically, I mean, utility wise, you guys are killing it. When we just look at the price chart, um, all I can say is currently it is really like, um, you know, in a very critical area, it is on the on the horizontal support. I would say really like ninety um, around hundred dollars is a gr- great support. If we lose that, in case Bitcoin pulls back, the chances um, to go down to eighty dollars first, and then eventually all the way down to like seventy dollars is possible. Forty dollars would be a surprise for me, but it's definitely a strong buying uh, opportunity because we have a very strong support zone there. Are we going to see $40? Well, it depends on the momentum in the markets. If it's really bearish and people, you see these domino uh, domino effects, Every <laughs> everything you touch collapses, then obviously Quan will, it will drag it down as well. And uh, $40 would be huge. But, you know, um, I would highly recommend, and this is no financial advice. It's just, you know, what I would personally do um, if I was a huge quant supporter and buy dollar cost averaging nonstop, for me, the smart areas is $80. Doing the first purchase at $80 wouldn't be a bad idea. And then uh, obviously, if I see $40, $50, I would be more um, like I would become greedy. I would buy more and more. 
because um less than forty dollars is going to be very like um the risk is I would say the chances for that is very low because it's a very strong um, support and it has been confirmed in summer to be a very strong support. And after seeing that rally to four or five X, um, obviously going back down to $40 would be basically capitulations on the very bottom, like going lower while everything already bottomed. It's uh, in my opinion, um, not possible. So um, if you guys dollar cost average in um, just do a little portion now, but then eventually when you see $80, that's where you want to become a little greedy. But then at $40, $50, yes, um, like definitely uh, an area where you want to become more greedy. Only only if it resonates with you guys. If you don't like the project, uh, you didn't do your due diligence, don't touch it just because we talk about it. Guys, we got 246 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to say thank you to Gonzo for joining us today on this episode. He's got to run, but shout out to our good friend. Always exciting to have you on the show. And Johnny Crypto, this is a really great update here. A Swift and ISO messaging standards timeline dating back to 1973 all the way until March of 2022. We've been operating under this old messaging standard since 2004, and now we are on the brink of change, my friends. We could see a new revolutionary digital asset class change the way that we send money around the planet. And some of our favorite projects could be the ones that profit. But I just wanted to get some quick comments on this upgrade happening here. This is the first upgrade we've had in nearly 18 years. God, I hope so, Abs. You have no idea how painful it is to send money in our archaic system. I've been trying this. this somebody's been trying to send me money back and forth. And we've been trying to do it for three weeks with the banking system through wire transfers and and uh, ACH payments, and it keeps failing. You know, it's on. We're we're in two different countries, and it's been an entire, complete. I'm not going to swear, so I'll just say freaking nightmare. It's been horrible, horrible, painfully horrible. Three weeks, and I still don't have the money yet. Right. So the reality is, I can't wait for you know a crypto based you know a system that can operate as quickly and efficiently as cryptocurrency, where I would have the money in literally five minutes. Right. Or not even, that's even a long time. Three seconds, 10 seconds. It's just painful. So this is well, well, well overdue. Salman, I'm kicking it to you on this next article. As we had Kathy Wood's ARK Invest scooping up another $1.4 million worth of Grayscale's Bitcoin trust. With all the dark rumors coming out around this trust this weekend, we got a proof of reserves from Coinbase yesterday showing that they're holding over 635,000 Bitcoin. Now they have another $1.4 million to add to that trust. What does this mean to you that Kathy Woods is buying Bitcoin at 16800 And the fact that she's not doing it herself, she's putting it in Grayscale. So, uh, of course, we've seen uh, ARK Invest making or, you know, <laughs> making some huge losses uh, this year uh, with, with the Coinbase stock, etc., right? Uh, but she's a smart woman. And and these people are not like, like us um, playing around with like, you know, they, they have millions of dollars, right? They were millions of liquid money that they can easily invest in crypto so 1.4 million for them is nothing it's peanuts and so they can they it's it's just like you buy quant at like hundred dollars and you dollar because average a little bit at 80 but um for them it's sixteen thousand is just like a very reasonable number they know like um if they wanted to invest 50 or 100 million that can move the market uh very quickly and so their dollar cost averaging slowly 16k is a good area as well and i told you guys early um early on the number of wallets holding more than ten thousand has radically increased since um yeah since since march so slowly we've seen um i don't want to lie it was march uh can't remember now but definitely for the last uh, months we've seen a nice uptrend uh from around 80 wallets it went up to like 116 or something 120 very close to that number so um it's it you can clearly see these people have a lot of money and their dollar cost averaging for them it's it doesn't matter if it's at 10k if it's at 20k they have so much money they know they can move the markets the media they can affect the media right maybe it's a big guy or a big brand that purchases bitcoin silently and 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 then Next month, they're going to announce, hey, we bought uh, Bitcoin a couple months ago. That will drive up the pr price. They know that. And they're very, like, very chill with their uh, investments. And ARK Invest, uh, investing in Bitcoin, 1.4 million is nothing. But, you know, Grayscale is another big story. There is a lot of FUD. And I, I'm sure, Apps, you're going to uh, touch on this as well. But, like, um, even that FUD could be where, where they're like, okay, buy the blood in the streets. Right now there's FUD. Let's get in. Could be one of the arguments, maybe, but we'll find out soon. 
100% Johnny. And we got a bunch of great articles for our listeners. So I'm going to go a little bit quick. I want some brief comments as the Reserve Bank of India is going to launch a retail central bank digital currency pilot in December. As the entire world is shifting in their banking system, India seems to be taking center stage. Not only are they developing a CBDC, they, Johnny, did you freeze? I can't tell. Oh, perfect. Sorry. <laughs> okay, perfect. So India is launching a central bank digital currency. Johnny, I'm going to kick it to you. That made me laugh, my friend. That was funny. I'm like a statue. Concentration. Go ahead. <clears throat> I just wanted to get some of your thoughts. India is launching a central bank digital currency. And earlier this week, we had a bunch of banks around the world shut down, implementing ISO standards. Whether it was the Bank of Australia, we've seen the UAE, we've seen Singapore, three major global banks doing the same thing. Now we've got India following suit. I wanted to get your opinion before we dive into an XRP article. Yeah, I mean, this is what we talked about. This is just a coordinated effort to go and start all these big banks and countries are talking to, you know, starting to do their own thing starting to launch their own. See, the world is moving to this, guys. There's no way to stop it. We're moving to CBDCs. The, the, that's coming. It's going to be probably a three- to five-year transition, in my guess, before we actually have all the countries running on it and everybody working and all the bugs worked out and the efficiency and all that. My guess is it'll take a few years because there's going to be some issues and things like that. But, um, I mean, we only got, what, four or five? I forgot the total number of countries doing it right now. But it's going to ramp up, and we got, well, 200 countries. So it's going to take some time. But, yeah, we're getting there, boys. We're getting there. And so the question is, as I always like to go back to, what's going to be the underlying rails for all this? What brings it all together? And, you know, the one thing that kind of in my mind, I used to think, you know, we all thought it was XRP, but the reality is it actually might be quant. But we'll have to wait and see. Could be stellar as well. That's another token that I feel like is majorly slept on during these times. But I want to break down this article before we end our episode today. As Ripple's general counsel said, the SEC has not labeled XRP a security. Only the court has the ability to do so. So lead Ripple lawyer Stuart Alderati said that the SEC has not labeled XRP as a security, nor does the agency have the power to do so. He further explained what he meant, stating that one judge put it this way. The SEC can only ask the question, but the court ultimately decides. Alderati responded to a statement in a report stating that XRP had dropped in the rankings since the SEC labeled it a security. He said, let me add that the SEC itself acknowledged that it does not determine whether an asset is a security. Only the court can do so. And I feel like right. this is some relatively positive news because right. people often talk about how XRP is already considered a security by the SEC. Turns out, technically, that's not the case. So I'm going to kick it to you, Johnny, and then Selman. Well, that's why we have the courts, right? That's the whole point is it's just differing opinions. The SEC is allowed to go after and accuse people of what they believe it is. Okay, that's how it works. That's enforcement. They're trying to enforce on, on what they believe is a situation. And if the other side doesn't agree, well, we go to the court and the court will decide whether or not this situation is what they were accused of being, right? Like no different than a criminal case. So what we need to wait and see here, and this is why it's so important, is the precedent which is the ruling, the ruling sets precedent for future cases if they have the same facts as to what it really is. So if the SEC came out and claimed that this was a security and the courts rule against that, then that now means the SEC can't go after other companies under the same exact factual evidence because it would it would lose again. It would have the same ruling. Um, and that's why everybody's talking about how important this case is. So it's not that the SEC decides who is a security they go after what they believe is a security, and then you find out later in the court whether it is or not based on rules and laws. And that's why clearer laws and why we need Congress to regulate makes it. Remember, I think everybody forgets the SEC don't make laws. Congress makes laws. It's the only entity in our country, in our country, that can actually make the law is Congress. And then all these other agencies are there to enforce the laws that Congress creates. Thank you, Johnny Crypto. I want to kick it to Selman here. Selman, we're getting some more positive news from XRP, and I want to remind our listeners, just last month, Brad Garlinghouse said he believed this court case was going to end in three to four months, and we've seen nothing but strong statements come from Ripple's end. Love to hear what it means to you. Ripple's lead lawyer, Stuart Alderati, said the SEC cannot label XRP as security. Yep. Actually, also touching on uh, what Johnny just said, um, all, also remember, guys, the Congress is not the country. It, it represents the people, right? And it's the government. Government doesn't re is not the states, right? It's uh, it's not the United States of America. It's just the government. It governs it and serves the people. But what you see right now with the SEC, I'm asking myself, this guy uh, in the article, he says that um, the SEC can only ask a question. 
did they really ask a question here in this case or did they really it because it really sounded like they're making a big statement that it is a security and it hurt the people a lot the markets have been you know digesting it very negatively and it really hurt ripples um i would say uh, you know image right it's a big image damage here um and so my question is uh, is the sec serving the people or other people because it wasn't a question that they have asked it was kind of like a big statement and that hurt the markets and especially us investors not only us citizens by the way the whole investors xrp investors in general so um so the audience can answer that in the chat Awesome, guys. And we're going to close this episode out with a clip from G20 talking about what many believe to be a conspiracy. This clip pretty much speaks for itself. And Johnny Crypto, I'm coming to you for some comments after. Here we go. We're developing true technology and ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. And you know what's so exciting about that, Johnny, is that is legal enslavement, my friends. Not only can they track what you eat, what you watch, where you go, who you communicate with, they even want to track some of your bowel movements. That way they know exactly how much carbon is coming out of every individual. This type of stuff, it really does get me fired up because being only you know in my 20s, this is very scary to me because I feel like even if we're able to resist this for the next 10 years, the next 20 years, it's a slow and methodical game with these global elites. And we know if this is their objective, it's going to get completed at some point. And that does make me a little bit nervous. I'd love to close this episode out with some comments from you. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably should. I mean, I think I saw somewhere that by, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe the audience will know, but I think by 2050, I heard them talk about us being carbon neutral, right? Is that is that what you're hearing? Abs like 2050, I think is the ruling. So but carbon neutral is such an interesting narrative, man. It's like when you talk about what does it mean to be carbon neutral, right? Because you can do carbon offsetting, which is investing in things that take carbon. It's like it's all BS. It's just another way to tax the everyday person. I really believe yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, considering where you are in your age, like for me, I probably won't even be here at 2050, but you, you certainly will be. And so I could certainly understand yeah, no, then of course, by the way, this isn't going to apply as, as Mentalik just said. This is only going to apply to you guys, not to the, the elites. Don't worry, they get to fly around on their planes still. But it's but there's no question about it. Like you think about CBDCs and you think about carbon credits, all that stuff is just another form of, you know, being able to way to track people. And, and it's, you know, people are going to give up their freedoms easily, they, willingly. They're going to give it up. They're going to be, oh, this is the greatest thing to slice bread, you know, because they're not going to see the other side of that, the 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 the, the, the slippery slope side. People are going to look at the benefits because you're going to be told how great it is for you. And hey, like he just said, oh, hey, you can track this, you can track that. There's a lot of people, Abs, that care about the environment. They're for green and they're for support of the earth and the world and the country, right? They're, they're pitching. It's a good thing they're saying, right? So there's going to be a lot of people just sign me up. Where can I sign up for that? Because that's how it's going to look like a good thing. The question is, is it going to go down the slippery slope to the other side where they control you? And hopefully they won't do that, you know, for your guys' sake. I hope that doesn't happen. But or for, for, for humanity's sake, I hope it doesn't happen. But that's what we'll have to wait and see. Salman, I'd like to get some comments from you. Just to tie this back to Ripple, we know they're working on digital IDs and they're also working on carbon credits. What do you think about the G20 World Summit announcing that this is not only a good thing, it's coming? Yeah, so it has benefits but it has disadvantages as well and, and massive disadvantages. Uh, I've recently seen the video by Kanye West, right? He literally said, I'm a billionaire. I have lots of money. Um, you know, my um, bank account got frozen. He couldn't even pay with Apple Pay. So, and imagine he said like, I'm a billionaire, guys. If they can do this to me, they can do it to you. <laughs> so it's like, you see, it's not about the money here. Who has the power? And with CBDCs, they can really, really change the mood, change the direction. Uh, if you say a comment something, even on YouTube, if we say something against them, next morning, Johnny Crypto can't pay for a coffee, right? He can't, <laughs> maybe he can't even invest in crypto anymore. So you see, it's, it's, it's dangerous, but there are also benefits, of course. But the danger, the danger is much higher. The disadvantages are the ones that really pop out. And um, we'll find out. God bless America. <laughs> I think that's this this comment to me is what's so important right here, Abs. This is what we're all hoping for, right? Verhoofty Floofen. I love that name. He nailed it right on. To me, this is literally 
the where where focus should be right i don't worry about like the negative stuff and the stuff you talked about all that no you just worry about at the end of the day how do you work on creating generational wealth for your family because i do believe that there is some place always some place in this world where you can get freedom i think there'll always be that and if you're in the right class in the right place you can get there and that's really the goal for all of us is how do we create that generational wealth so we can put ourselves in a position to be there Hey, and being surrounded by like-minded individuals definitely helps, my friends. And we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Selman. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to Gonzo early in the episode. We've got 224 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. All you crypto billionaires, have an amazing day. And like we always say, warriors, ah, get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. Let's go.